Fresh Art International presents Fresh Talk, conversations about creativity in the 21st century. I'm Kathy Bird. This is Fresh Talk with American artist Sanford Biggers. We meet in New York City, a few steps from the new museum, in the neighborhood known as the Bowery. This is where Chicago gallerist Monique Maloche is presenting a storefront exhibition of his work during the Armory Show. A native of Los Angeles based in New York, Sanford has always had a lot to say about time and the human condition. His art integrates sculpture, drawing, video, installation, music, and performance. I'm here to find out more about the ideas behind his current projects. What motivates the way he's radically altering old quilts and African sculptures? I see evidence of North American, African, and Asian culture in this work. I lived in Japan for three years in the early 90s, and I was very just mesmerized by the culture. And specifically, I got into different strains of Buddhism. And I started to research them, I started to meditate, I would go to temples. In fact, I lived across the street from a temple in Japan. And that's influenced my work for the last 15 years. These quilts, honestly, go all the way back to that use of pattern and geometry, which has been a consistent thread in my work since I started showing. But also the philosophy in Buddhism, the idea of wabi-sabi, which is this notion of perfection in objects that seem imperfect. I like to use that in my own practice by looking at found objects loaded with so much history. Those degradations are actually the perfection. The quilts you work with, they're all American? All the quilts are American, typically between Maine, Vermont, and many of them are from Pennsylvania. The first 20 or 25 or so that I uh, worked on were donated to me by a collector and a good friend of mine. Did you grow up sleeping under a quilt? My parents and my grandparents and so on are all from the South, from Houston and Nacogdoches and Galveston, Texas. So we grew up with quilts. I got reconnected to the idea of the quilt, oddly enough, through the mandala and that pattern work, but also through looking at the work of my cousin, the muralist John Biggers, who was also very deep into sacred geometry and pattern. And these quilts, to me, are an extension of that research into pattern and geometry. And how do you apply sacred geometry? The quilts already have their own patterns, and you know there's anthologies of the different types of quilt patterns, of course. Um, but that what I do is, in my lexicon of imagery that I put onto the quilts, I use sometimes platonic solids and diagrams, um, wire form diagrams, and geometric figures to create a sense of perspective. The pattern and design, the fabric... All of that is so embedded in so much contemporary art these days. Yeah. It's, I don't know, it's an interesting zeitgeist. I've been looking at that, too. I don't know where that's coming from exactly. Something about the materiality. I like this idea of me coming in as a late collaborator in a quilt. So, you know, imagine that these may have been made by multiple people sometime 100 years ago. And I should note that all my quilts are pre-1900. Um, so they have some age to them. I come in a hundred years later, and either you might consider it defacing or you might consider it embellishment, but I am a late collaborator in the trajectory of this quilt, which becomes a historical record. 
It does, and mm-hmm. it brings it back to life in a way. It brings it back. I think it, about it like sampling also, you know, um, and especially sort of like early 90s, mid-80s hip-hop when sampling was a big thing and people were taking obscure songs and bringing them back to life, bringing them back to the dialogue. And in a way, this you know, is what I'm doing with the quilts. The human figure is central to his work. Quilts imply the body. Covering and comforting is their purpose. It's quite the opposite for the African sculptures he collected for the new video series he titled BAM. Their bodies are exposed, fragile, and defenseless. And I like the figurative relationship because I'm interested in invisibility and hypervisibility of being, you know, a black male. The source of the sculptural figures that you're Mm -hmm. damaging? I've been collecting wooden African sculptures from flea markets and tourist shops around the world. Some of them are pretty authentic. Some of them are total knockoffs that are made in Mexico and Taiwan and so on. And what I do is then take them and I dip them in a thick brown wax to render them a little bit more obscure. I take them to a shooting range and I sculpt them using artillery, 22 caliber, 12-gauge shotguns and so on, and then cast the remnants in bronze. They're a stand-in for an every person, an every man figure, so that you know that it's a body that's being shot, but you don't know the details of that person. Watching real bullets dismember the small sculptures is an uncomfortable experience, especially if you've been following news coverage and social media posts about repeated incidents of police violence against people of color in America. I like to speak about it in two ways. One is the very formal and art historical side where, you know, I'm going into bronze figurative sculpture, which, of course, goes all the way back to the classical Greek and Roman bronze sculptures and marble works dealing with the figure. And then the other side is the contemporary conceptual and political climate, which revolves around the violence towards black citizens by the police. Very contemporary and very sad. Such a distressing moment in our history. Why aren't we advancing past this point of misunderstanding each other? We should be so far beyond this. But I think one of the issues is, in America, we've never really addressed our pathology. We're in total denial. And what that does is create a dysfunctional relationship. We all know that this violence against black citizens has been going on for at least 500 years. But now we have cell phones... People are pulling out their phones and recording it. So we now have witnesses. We have witnesses. Even though he gives each video the first name of an actual victim, the artist wants us to think more about the broader history of violence. Some people look at it as when I cast these figures in bronze that I'm memorializing the victim. But in fact, I'm memorializing the act, as if to say, never forget. Sanford formats and presents the videos in a way that connects with how we communicate in the post-internet era. How we witness and share life and death. The videos are short format, so they're a minute and 10 seconds, a minute and 20 seconds tops, and they're shown on a vertically mounted monitor to resemble a smartphone that would be held vertically, and that's the way we're usually seeing all these videos. And they happen quickly because these acts happen at the blink of an eye. For example, Tamir Rice, when he was killed, they hadn't even stopped the police car before they already shot him through the window. So these things are happening, you know, in the blink of an eye. 
What do you hope people take away from seeing your work? The video makes people stop and think about the actions that are occurring. The videos have a violence to them, but they're also somehow beautiful. And I think that's important because there's a seduction moment and then there's a repulsion moment. And through that, the body sort of catalogs this in a visceral way. So that when you hear about these killings, you start to hear the impact of those gunshots in that video. And you start to think about how horrific this is and why is this happening every single week. And also to have the viewers ask more challenging questions. You know, what's happening in America today? What's America's relationship to the world? Where are we right now? I'm Kathy Bird. This is Fresh Talk with artist Sanford Biggers. His art is a dark and beautiful patchwork of research and personal experience, pieced together with his formal, philosophical, and political ideas. The statement he makes about violence against black Americans reminds me of our whole world's history of aggression. As disturbing as they are to watch, the BAM videos reveal our potential. The global connectivity of our smartphones could serve more widely as a creative channel to bring us all closer to acting with universal kindness. Take a look at Sanford Bigger's work and read more about him on freshartinternational.com. If you like this episode, please share it and listen to more. There are over 100 episodes to choose from. You can subscribe to this series on iTunes and on your Android device. We're on SoundCloud and Public Radio Exchange. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more fresh talk.